And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Hey, I got a couple questions for you. Do you ever wonder how some people can seem to change their lives overnight while others seem to remain stuck in some kind of time warp? Or do you ever wonder how some can seemingly stop abusing their bodies with drugs, alcohol, or food overnight while others never seem to be able to kick it? Or maybe you even wonder how people can't see that they keep attracting the same wrong person in their life over and over and over again. Let's talk about that today. But before we do, let me introduce myself. Hi there, my name is Dr. Kelly Ray and I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer. I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have gone through some things that perhaps we don't like to broadcast and tell everybody about, but we know that we want to do better because we want to have a better quality life. We want to live more vivacious and free and fun, right? I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic. That inner childhood conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo that crap that may have happened to you and continues to sometimes keep you stuck and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life you were designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about how our brain works and more importantly, ways to change it that's backed by science, ways that we can change it in a really positive way amazing way. So let's let's look at that. Look, I get it. There's so much information out there about mindset and how our thoughts drive our world. But what does all that really mean? And more importantly, how do we do that? How do we make that happen? First, you might be asking yourself, what's the difference between the brain and the mind? Aren't they the same thing? Aren't they interchangeable? And the best way I can describe it, that may be helpful with a visual example, think of your brain as a piece of hardware, a physical structure like your computer or your phone. And your mind is the software that's housed within that hardware. More importantly, it's essential to share that although your mind does come with some initial pre-programming, you have the authority to do something with it. Just like your computer or phone, you're able to install new information as well as update outdated information. So what are we pre-wired with? Humans by birth have the natural instinct to survive. It is those best adapted to the environment that continue to survive and pass their characteristics, feelings, and behaviors to generations to come. This might best explain why some seem to thrive more than others or why some seem to struggle more than others. Our environment definitely has an impact on the development of our mind. It is believed that even if though you came from a rough or challenged background, that it could be redirected into a thriving outcome. 
just as someone who seems to have it all going on can suddenly be down and out on their luck. So let's go a little further. As you think, feel, and make decisions, you generate quantum energy waves through your brain, and your brain responds electromagnetically and chemically. Needless to say, our brains change quite a lot throughout our lifetime. But can we take control of that process? According to communication pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist, Dr. Caroline Leaf, we absolutely have the ability to direct the plasticity process in our favor. Whether it's dealing with emotional trauma, anxiety, depression, stress, or something like that expands our knowledge base, like before taking a test, for example, we can restructure our brain and transfer that energy in a positive direction. Plasticity, she says, happens whether you like it or not. So it helps to be in control of the process. Your brain is constantly changing. It's a little notion called neuroplasticity. Even though your brain is a physical structure, it changes based on what you're thinking, feeling, choosing, eating, and more. For example, your dreams, thoughts, and visions today are not the same as when you were five years old. They've no doubt evolved since then based on experiences you've had over your life. Those get stored in your mind. However, some of those experiences along the way may have created some challenges and as a result remain operating unconsciously in the back of your mind, meaning causing you to still operate from those challenges. For example, if you were sexually abused as a child or a young adult, your mind created a story around that, such as people are unsafe or you're not good enough or there's something wrong with you that caused that to happen or you're unlovable or any number of things. And as a result, struggle with having a healthy relationship with someone today. Based on that, Our thoughts will create neural pathways as a way to protect us and operate continually from that state, even if safety is no longer an issue. Can these neural pathways be healed or redirected or replaced? Yes! It's called neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity refers to your brain's ability to restructure or rewire itself when it recognizes the need for adaption. In other words, it can continue developing and changing throughout life. For example, if brain trauma after a car accident affects your ability to speak, you haven't necessarily lost the ability to permanently. Therapy and rehabilitation can help your brain relearn this ability by repairing old pathways or creating new ones. Neuroplasticity also seems to have promise as a driver of potential treatment for certain mental health conditions. 
Experts believe that negative thought patterns that occur with depression, for example, could result from interrupted or impaired neuroplasticity processes. Exercises that promote positive neuroplasticity then may help rewrite the patterns to improve well-being. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty doggone exciting. Rewiring your brain may sound pretty complicated, but it's absolutely something that you can do from the convenience of your own home. And I want to give you, I'm going to give you some examples of that right now. One, play video games. Yes, you heard that right. And yes, I know some of you parents and grandparents right now might be tempted to tune out and say, forget it, I'm done. But I'm begging you, I'm asking you to please give me a minute to explain and expand on this further. Debate over the potential benefits and risk of video games can get pretty contentious. But if you enjoy gaming, there's some good news. This hobby can have plenty of cognitive benefits. Keep in mind though, moderation is the key to everything that we do. The benefits associated with gaming include improvement in motor coordination, visual recognition and spatial navigation, memory and reaction time, reasoning, decision-making and problem-solving skills, resilience, cooperation, and team participation. In short, when you play video games, you teach your brain new skills. These effects can improve your game play, certainly, but they can also carry over to the rest of your life, meaning they can help with learning to recover from failure and a game can help you get better at bouncing back from some setbacks. It also is exploring different solutions to tasks in a game that can help enhance creative thinking. Different games, different benefits, right? According to a 2019 review, different types of games may offer variant benefits. For example, 3D adventure games seem to contribute to improvements in memory, problem solving, and scene recognition. Whereas puzzle games help boost problem solving skills, brain connectivity, and spatial prediction. And rhythm gaming, like dance or exercise video games, can help improve visual spatial memory and attention. These effects appear to kick in after about 16 hours of gameplay. This doesn't mean you have to play 16 hours at once, of course. This actually isn't recommended, but adding a few hours of weekly gameplay to your leisure time can be a great way to improve neuroplasticity. Again, being mindful of keeping balance and moderation in your life. If you're needing to set a timer to make sure that you don't game too long any more than you should do the same if you're binging out on Netflix or any of those other movie tv streaming things be mindful of how much time you're spending doing that because if you're not mindful of that then you might go over 
what your body needs and miss out on some really necessary sleep, which is also good for your brain function. Another example would be learn a new language. Maybe you thought having a second or third language might boost your career opportunities or Maybe you thought about just learning another language because it would be fun. In either case, you'd be doing your brain a big favor. There's plenty of evidence to suggest that acquiring a new language improves cognitive function. Think gray matter. In one 2012 study, researchers looked at 10 exchange students who were native English speakers studying German in Switzerland. After five months of intensive language study, their proficiency in German had increased, and so had the density of gray matter in their brain. Gray matter houses many important regions in your brain, including areas associated with language, attention, memory, emotions, motor skills. Increased gray matter density can improve your function in these areas, especially as you age. In fact, it's believed bilingualism may offer some protective benefits against cognitive decline. Learning a language at any stage of life could help slow down future decline-related age, including symptoms of dementia. Another 2012 study found evidence to support the idea that picking up a new language increases gray matter density and neuroplasticity. After three months of intensive study of a new topic, 14 adult interpreters saw increases in both gray matter density and hippocampal volume. The hippocampus plays an important role in long-term memory recall and white matter. According to 2017 research, learning a second language in adulthood can also strengthen white matter, which helps facilitate brain cognitivity and communication between different brain regions. Studying a new language at any age can lead to stronger problem-solving and creative thinking skills, improved vocabulary, greater reading comprehension, and increased ability to multitask. You may have heard of some of those online or programs or apps like Rosetta Stone or Babbel or Dilingual, but you can also study languages in other ways too. You can hit your local used bookstore Oftentimes you can get a book or, of course, you can get a book at a used bookstore, but, <laughs> but maybe a, a book in a specific language you're looking at or CDs. I know for myself, when I wanted to learn um, a different language, I went to my local library. They had, they had CDs there and stuff that you could listen to. So you could just, you know, put them in your car or whatever. And so you had them with you at all times. If, or I'm also going to suggest if you're really interested, then maybe find somebody who speaks the native language or invest in someone who teaches other languages. Might be a great way to have some social connection too outside of learning uh, another language. 
Number three, make some music. Music has several brain benefits. It can help improve your mood, ability to learn and remember new information, concentration and focus. Music therapy also appears to help slow down cognitive decline in older adults. Research from 2017 suggests music, especially when combined with dance, art, gaming, and exercise, helps promote neuroplasticity. It can improve movement and coordination and may help strengthen memory abilities. But it doesn't just help prevent additional cognitive decline. It can also help relieve emotional distress and improve quality of life. According to a 2015 review, musical training also has benefited as a neuroplasticity exercise. Learning to play music in childhood can help protect against age-related cognitive decline and lead to improved cognitive performance in older adults as well. Research suggests musicians often have better audio and visual perception, greater focus and attention, better memory, better motor coordination. It's never too late to learn a new instrument. And there's so many ways. I mean, you can just go on YouTube for crying out loud and get free tutorials on how to try something new. And maybe you're not musically inclined. That's okay. Even listening to music more regularly can help increase brain neuroplasticity. So turn on your favorite playlist and go for a walk, do a dance around your house, whatever, get, get that going. Number four, if you travel or you like to travel, this is a great way to open up your mind. Has, there's so many benefits. Travel may help enhance cognitive flexibility. It could inspire you. It could enhance creativity. Experiencing new scenery and surrounding can also help you learn about different cultures and become a better communicator, both of which can have additional cognitive benefits. Visiting a new place can also broaden your general worldview, which can help you open your mind and give you new perspective on things closer to home, like career, friendships, personal growth. If you can't get out of your environment right now for whatever reason, you can still take yourself on a trip closer to home. Taking a long walk around your neighborhood, doing grocery shopping in another part of town, maybe going for a hike. There's even research that shows that visual, so if you aren't able to physically move, you can watch things, let's say, on National Geographic, the Travel Channel, on YouTube, let your brain take that in. It allows your brain to be stimulated. Which brings me to the last one here is exercise. Most people recognize that exercise offers a multitude of benefits, like stronger muscles, improved health and fitness, better sleep. But physical activity also strengthens your brain. Exercise, aerobic exercise in particular, can lead to improvements of cognitive abilities like learning and memory. According to a literature review from 2018, exercise also helps improve fine motor coordination and brain connectivity and may protect against cognitive decline.
Another benefit of physical activity as a neuroplasticity exercise, it helps promote increased blood flow and cell growth in the brain, which research links to reduce depression symptoms. If you exercise with someone else or in a larger group, you'll probably see some social benefits as well. Strong social connections improve quality of life and emotional wellness. Of course, this is based on who you're surrounding yourself with. Be mindful of the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Are they uplifting? Are they doing something to improve the quality of their life? Or are they just, oh, hum, doing the same thing every day, complaining about the same thing in their job every day? Are they always saying how tired they are? These are definitely not people that are going to improve the quality of your life or your brain cognitive abilities. So be really mindful of that. Those kinds of people that you surround yourself, we can tend to take on their qualities and traits, which might lead to anxiety, stress, depression. Exercise recommendations can vary depending on your age, ability, and health, but it's a good idea to at least get some physical movement every day. So how does any of this have anything to do with your mindset and improving on the quality of your life? The reason I shared the aforementioned with you in such detail is because I wanted to anchor in how impressive, how powerful, and how life-altering your mind is and what it's capable of doing. And this leads me to share with you four ways to transform your life by the power of your words. The real secret to transforming your life is to wake up and become conscious of the patterns that are currently unconscious and shaping the way you feel and the way you function. The power of transformational vocabulary is its simplicity. It improves you with an immediate tool. It provides you with an immediate tool to increase the quality of your life. Are you ready to learn how? Here we go. Number one, check yourself. Become conscious of the habitual words you use to describe your unhappy or distressing feelings. Begin to notice the labels you are putting on things. If you say something like, I'm so worried about this, stop yourself and acknowledge that worry might be too strong of a word. Maybe what you really are is a little bit concerned. Monitor your language and make your language fit for the emotion that you're wanting to feel and make it work for what your desired outcome is. Or better yet, consciously pick a word that would lower the negative intensity. Instead of saying that you are furious with somebody, describe yourself as being a little irritated or disappointed with their reaction. That takes a lot of heat out of you. Because being mad and furious and that, it incites a lot of constriction in your body. It tenses everything up. 
And when we're all tense like that, we don't think real clearly. If somebody asks you, hey, how's it going? Instead of saying, eh, okay. What word could you say that would put a smile on your face? Like, you wouldn't even believe how I'm feeling with a smile. Be playful with yourself. Or simple response like, I'm blessed. I'm favored. Oh man, I'm grateful. And then take a moment and think about, what are you grateful for? We often lose sight of what's beautiful in our life because of a few things that are out of line with our expectations. Number two, identify three negative words or phrases. Write down three words you currently use on a regular basis that I, that intensify your negative feelings or emotions. Maybe you use the words like, I'm frustrated. I'm depressed. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm tired. Come up with alternative words that will lower the intensity of those negative emotions. Maybe instead of depressed, you say, eh, I'm a, I feel a little bummed out. The thing is, we so often use these phrases without even thinking of the impact they are having on our daily lives. This is why it's a great exercise to either record or write down commonly used phrases so that you can actually hear what you're saying to you. Because believe me, your mind is listening to everything that you think and everything that you speak. Number three, find three positive words. Write down three words that you use to describe your experience that is somewhat positive. When someone says, hey, how's it going? Come up with three alternative words that will amplify and intensify the positive feelings and inspire you. Instead of talking about how things are, oh, they're all right, replace those words with, yeah, it's incredible, it's amazing, it's fantastic. What's a positive word that if you could really think about your whole life that you would want to say and be in congruency with? Number four, pick two accountability buddies. Get leverage so you follow through. Pick two key people in your life, a close friend and ideally someone you respect that you would not want to disappoint. Pull them aside and explain to them your commitment to replace two or three key words in your vocabulary. Trust me, your friends and family or whoever you're going to choose, they know your, your words. They've heard them for a time now. So pick somebody like that. More importantly, give them permission if they hear you using the old word to ask you if that's really the word you want to use to explain how you feel. For example... Let them know if you start to say, oh man, John really pisses me off, that you want them to intervene and ask you, do you really mean John's behavior frustrates you a little bit? And I know this sounds ridiculous, but if you're committed, a simple reminder will get you to catch yourself and lower the intensity immediately. It will help you recognize that you have control over your own space in the moment. And by simply selecting a different word, you can change the meaning 
completely. Think neuroplasticity, new pathways. If you do this well, you'll find yourself smiling while you're doing it, like it's an inside joke. It's okay. You want to because you want to be aware of what you're doing. Or if you use a phrase like, I'm depressed, you may want to ask them to ask you, hey, are you depressed about this or are you just feeling a little bummed out? Are you frustrated or fascinated by how people often respond to things? Making a commitment to make these changes to a dear friend or an important colleague or somebody like myself will give you the additional support and incentive to actually follow through and break your own patterns. Look, that's one of the things that I do with my clients is immediately I pick up on words that they use frequently and and redirect them so that they can see how they're either empowering or disempowering their lives, whether they're attracting what they want or detracting, distracting what they want. By carefully and consciously selecting the words, you'll find an immediate change in how you feel and this becomes positively addictive. I can tell you this experience can be life-changing. There's nothing more powerful when you realize that you're absolutely in control of the outcome of your life. You don't have to be broke. You don't have to be in a shitty relationship. You don't have to be unhealthy. You don't have to be any of those things. You have the power, the ability with your words to change that and make decisions that empower that to move forward so that you are making steps in the direction of being in a healthy relationship by no longer being in debt, by being able to attract somebody who is a healthy person for you, by you being able to feel better and more strong because you're now being able to do these things more often in your life rather than sitting back feeling like a victim to your own life. I go I know this sounds over simplistic. I know that. But if you test it out and are diligent with it for 10 days, 10 days, that's just over a week, you'll experience a transformation in your emotional patterns. And the emotional patterns we live are what control the quality of our life. You'll even feel the difference in your body. A lot less pain, a lot more pleasure. You'll have a happier outcome. Your mood will feel more uplifted. You'll feel like you want to do more things. Don't you deserve to have a better quality of life? Plus, when you're in a great state, how do others treat you? The better your state of mind the more powerful the impact on everyone around you, your business, your friends, your family, yourself. So the bottom line here, you may not be able to teach an old dog new tricks as they say, but you do have the ability to change the neuroplasticity of mind in a positively powerful way, no matter what your age You're not an old dog. With a bit of time and patience, 
you can rewire your brain, which may help with certain mental health symptoms and protect against cognitive decline. As we prepare to wrap up this episode, I want to remind you that whatever method you choose, try to stick with it for at least a few months. Even if you only do 10 or 15 minutes a day of this, my point is, is we need to do a much better job being consciously aware of our thoughts, our feelings, how they impact not only today, our tomorrow, and the tomorrow after that. Right now, many are operating from the past, even though they think they're in the present. But the fact that if you're still in debt, and if you're still in a shitty relationship, and if you're still not physically and emotionally taking care of yourself, then you have not changed whatever transpired in the past to have a better quality of life. And damn it, I believe you deserve a much better quality of life that is living more vibrantly than some of you are living right now. And if you could use a little extra help outside of these episodes of information that I share with you, that I'm going to encourage you to connect with me and I'm going to give you ways that you can do that right now. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. I'm on TikTok at Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much love.